WRVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast today from the U.S. Meat Export Federation meeting continuing in San Antonio, Texas. Lots of export talk, lots of things that we're going to talk about on today's Fontenelle Final Bell that kind of wraps back around to what's being mm-hmm. talked about here at the show. Now, of course, one of the main factors is what's going on with this corn and bean market and Brazil. And then the chatter in the hallway, and we heard it coming from our, our U.S. Ambassador as well, Branstead, as he talked about the doings between China and Brazil. What does all that mean? We're going to take a look at that and a whole lot more today as we bring in Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners. So start out, what is kind of the current feel that you're getting in, in this trade opportunity for corn and beans? You know, it, it's really been an interesting trade to watch. And, and you know, we had uh, today we had corn ended up being lower while we had a big up day on, on soybeans. And, you know, and we kind of wheat traded back and forth, but we had some real strength out there on crude oil. Crude oil currently up uh, $3.82 a barrel, and that spilled over and gave us some strong strength in the bean oil. So as you dig into everything, a lot of those same topics we've been talking about, um, everybody's still continuing to, to watch very closely, you know, what's going on at the U.S. planting pace. And then we also got to look a little bit further north, look up into Canada and see how the planting's uh, going up there. We also got to keep a close eye on that Brazilian corn crop, the safrina crop. And it seems like every day we're keeping a very close eye on what's going on in Ukraine and, and the planting progress and how are they doing on getting everything shipped out of there. And so those those are some of the kind of the highlights right now, Susan. Well, you know, to look at and see the soybeans to the positive like they were today, it makes you wonder, is the momentum going to continue into a Friday trade, which means heading into a three-day holiday weekend? Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Normally, as you come into a three-day weekend, we'd expect to see some profit taking. And this would be kind of the perfect setup on the bean side. They had a strong run up. So to see them sell off a little bit more tomorrow uh, wouldn't really be too big of a surprise. Although I was disappointed by the trade we've seen in corn today. I figured with beans up as much as it would, we would have seen some spillover strength over in the corn. But, you know, the market's just trying to figure out here, uh, you know, how much demand there's going to be out there in the world at these higher prices and what that supply looks like like and and that's uh, kind of weighing a little bit heavier on the corn market than it is the bean market right now which meant we didn't see that trickle down effect where corn trades higher than wheat says oh hold on let me catch up with you um they as well stayed to the negative today yeah they definitely did all right what about uh what's going on with brazil i know their second corn crop uh, we've heard a little chitter chatter here at usmef as well that you know it's it's still dry so that's causing for some concerns down there what are you hearing from your folks when it comes to this crop yeah, that's kind of the same thing we're hearing. You know, we come into this time of year, and what's interesting about about May and then on into June in South America, in particular in Brazil, is that, you know, it isn't as if all of a sudden you're going to get a pattern change and they receive a lot of rain. This is this is normally the dry season, which means they don't get a lot of rain. And that's that's what the consor- concern has been on the safrina corn crop, that that wet season just ended early, which means... You know, they just didn't get enough moisture. Our sources would tell us there's probably 55 to 60 percent of that crop that's probably drier than it'd like to be and probably dry to a point where it's impacting yield. Now, we have to keep in mind that's a big area down there, even though Mato Grosso makes up probably over 40 percent of that safrina corn crop. But we, we realize that there is some harvest that's getting started. I think nationally they're talking maybe 25 to 3% harvested. But they're in that critical, you know, um, pollination period on some of the crop and then that 
uh, ear fill on the rest of that crop. And so, you know, it's a critical time and, and we're going to have to continue to watch. But overall, we're expecting to see yields come down. And we get into that June WASDE report, we think they'll bring yields down um, from USDA side in, in regard to what the yields are in, in Brazil. Well, speaking of Brazil, and, and Arlen and I talked about this a, a bit yesterday, and I'm curious to find your take on it all. This whole dealing between Brazil and China, there wasn't a lot of talk until suddenly it was just out there in the world that they were working on some sort of trade agreement. Yeah, I, exactly. And I hadn't heard a lot about it either until then all of a sudden you see the news that, hey, this is finished. And obviously they're working on <coughs> working out the trade between them on a number of different items. But but focusing on the corn, I guess, you know, there should be no surprise to us. Um, as we dig into this further, when you look at, you've got the number one user of corn in China, you got the number two um, supplier of corn from the export side in Brazil, and to not have them be able to trade, I, I think this was eventually going to happen, regardless of anything else that's going on out there. But as we dig into this, I mean, our thought would be is that all the bushels coming out of Brazil was getting sold to somebody before, and and there's there's a lot of demand out there. So what we think is going to happen is that we we think when this has initially been announced, there's already some talk that they may have already uh, Brazil may have already sold some bushels to China. Um, so what it could do is that as Brazil sells bushels to China, it brings up that price within Brazil. And so what that means is people who are typically buying from Brazil, um, then the U.S. has a shot at that business. So overall, we don't we think it's probably more of a headline effect than it's actually going to be an effect upon the the problems or the or the challenges we see with the U.S. corn exports. So so looking at that, kind of a follow back around to this, because I'm thinking this has been in the works for a while. So when you talked about this trade, do you think those purchases that just have quietly gone away from the United States have been doubling up and, and going to Brazil at this point? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Um, we, we don't have any re- reason to believe that that's a situation. And, and the reason I don't think that's necessarily the case, if there wouldn't be any economic consequence or no cost of canceling some contracts, and I'd say there's that chance or that possibility. But no, I, I don't think there's been a doubling up in here. I think the stuff that they've got bought, they be in China from the U.S., I think they intend to take shipment on. And, and then this is stuff that they're looking coming out of Brazil just for additional needs that they have. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue here with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. When we come back, we're going to look a little bit more into what's going on with the planting and, and the crop progress out of Ukraine. And, of course, Russia's got to be uh, factored into all of that as well. And planting progress here in the United States, it's getting to the point that we're probably going to start focusing on how crop conditions are doing. More is coming up. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Consistent performance is one of the key strengths of Fontenelle hybrids. Here's Fontenelle dealer Norm Brueger from Albion talking about that aspect. You know, the weather in Nebraska, we got late plant, we've got drought, we've got insect pressure. Fontenelle seems to be steady. We're always kind of rolled right through all of those weather conditions and uh, anything Mother Nature throws, it it seems to uh, withstand the conditions that we plant in very, very well. For more, go to Fontenelle.com. Always follow grain marketing, stewardship practices, and pesticide and company York. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Jeff Peterson. He's with Heartland Farm Partners. We talked a little bit about Brazil and, and obviously China in, in the first half of the trade. But uh, looking at what's going on in Ukraine, to say that they've gotten kind of quiet 
in, in, in the news, but we know the war is still going on. What are you hearing on how their planning progress is going? Well, I would say you're exactly right. And, and that's always a concern, I think, a little bit, Susan, is that as a war like this wears on, all of a sudden, the news doesn't pick up on it quite as much and, and kind of out of sight, out of mind, unfortunately. But we got to keep praying for the people of Ukraine. Uh, planning progress is moving along spring wheat. Our numbers would show about 98.2% planted. The uh, spring barley that they have, they have a winter barley and a spring barley. The spring barley is about 69.4% planted. Over on corn, uh, we show that they're 78.4% planted. And, and the numbers I've been give you are, are a percentage of, of last year. Now, a lot of people were thinking they'd probably only get to about 4 million hectares. Uh, but they're actually at 4.2 million hectares. So I think they're getting a little bit more planted than, than what some of the people had thought. And then another one we have to watch very closely is sunflowers. And on sunflowers, lagging a little bit, but they've got a little time yet at 63.1% of last year's acres planted, Susan. All right, looking at that, uh, Russia also happens to be saying that they're establishing a grain corridor out of Ukraine. Do you think this is even going to happen at this point? You know, it is so hard to, to know as, as we dig into this and break it apart. First of all, it gets to be a, a matter of I, I thought they I thought they being Russia had already rejected this whole thought. But it's kind of like they came back to the table saying, oh, yeah, we'll do this. But you got to meet these conditions. And so what we're hearing, you know, from the condition side, yeah, take all the sanction and tariffs off, or not tariffs, but sanctions off. And, and we just don't think this is going to happen. We think there's a very small probability. We think this is still part of Russia's uh, using information to kind of their benefit in this war against Ukraine. So I, I don't think this is going to happen. And But let's walk down the road and say, well, if this was going to happen, what would be some of the big obstacles? Well, some of it is a matter of, okay, if there's mines in and around it, these ports, you know, who's going to go ahead and clear those out? And on these shipping lanes, you know, for ships that are going to come in there, who is owners of ships and, and the companies insuring these ships? Are they willing to bring them into these type of areas? And then depending on which port we're talking about, it's like, okay, so who's in charge of the port? Um, is is Russia going to be the ones doing this? And is this getting loaded on Russian vessels? Is is Ukraine going to trust to bring bushels down into here? And, and if Ukraine has laid in some mines in some of these areas, maybe they're trying to protect some of these you know ports from russia so there's just so many questions we just don't think that ultimately this is going to end up um, going through and happening we think the headline effect of it as we've talked about before probably put a little more pressure on the market but i think as we dig through this i think we're going to start seeing um literally the talk about this kind of go away you know it kind of makes me kind of makes me nervous though jeff to, to hear russia come back and say oh yeah yeah let's let's play nice because it just doesn't seem like play nice is in their vocabulary as of late no, it, it definitely not. We've heard this before in regard to let's establish, you know, a corridor where we can have evacuations out. No, it didn't happen. Let's establish corridors where we can bring in, you know, supplies and stuff to people to help help them because of the war effort, they haven't happened. So, no, I, I don't have, I'm very optimistic that this would happen either. Let's come back across the, uh, the pond, shall we say, and look at uh, crop progress here. What are you thinking of planning progress at this point? And is the end getting nearer or will it be when we hear, get the report on Tuesday? 
yeah, we're moving along. You know, at 72% planted is where the numbers would have been on the corn side as of Monday, 50% on the bean side. A lot of talk you'll hear that oil we're catching up to the five-year average, which we know we will at some point. But overall, this this crop is planted later. We think as we get into next week, you're going to hear a lot more talk about what areas are planted and what areas are not planted. And when we start talking about those not planted areas, you have to start talking about North Dakota. And in and on the North Dakota side, they are getting some planning done, which is great to see. But they've got some additional rains coming in, and then it's going to get wet. And, you know, they're up against their uh, final planning date. Uh, May 25th would have been that date up there. Now, they can keep planting, but uh, each day they go forward from there, they could plant for another 25 days, but they lose 1% of their yield um, on the protection side, you know, per day that they go forward. Uh, so what we think we're going to hear as we come into next week, a lot more talk about prevent plant acres, and that's going to get more of kind of the market's attention, Susan. Do you think the government is going to let farmers plant on CRP ground? Well, you know, that, that announcement came out, and we saw it being talked about out of Reuters today. You know, they, it sure does look like there's talk about that, but a lot of details to unpack. You know, the first part of that would be is that none of that would be able to start until after the primary nesting period. Now, depending on the state, that's going to be sometime, you know, in the later summer. It looks like it'd be kind of a setup, but the first crop would have a chance we planted would be that winter wheat, uh, Susan. All right, Jeff, best way for folks to get a hold of you. Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell from the USMEF meeting taking place in San Antonio, Texas. It's brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all their local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.